Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. I'll go through a quick review here. Last week, the things that we reviewed last week was the Holy Spirit shows us things to come. He wants us prepared. I mean, it was pretty awesome. God reveals difficult things that, that we might be prepared, not destroyed, right? We know these things are coming not, for our, not, for, not because he likes to see our pain, but because he likes to see our progress. And so, uh, and according to James 2.12, we are all destined to be tried. And so we're going to be tested to reveal the glory of God in his saints. How else do you show what's on the inside of you unless you're tested? Um, Anybody, I mean, would any woman just like to not have that diamond tested so that they could find out whether it's real or not? You know, Cubert Zirconia, my whole life been living with a lie, you know, uh, but no, it's not, not the same. Let's, let's go with a, a tested one. We like it. Uh, we want the tested stuff. Justice will fall. In our eternal lifetime, and no one will get to pass the throne without accountability. That's what else we were looking at last week. It's going to happen. But if we take the snapshot of our life, we get a limited picture. But according to the Word of God, we can see through eternity that justice will always come about. God is seeking to be made known. In Amos 3, 7, it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing... How much? Nothing, unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. He desires to be known. We've seen the New Testament examples in John 15, verse 15, uh, John 16, 12 through 15, and Ephesians 1, 9. All of those talk about how he wants to make known to us the mysteries of his will, how he wants you to know what's out there, how he's, you're not a slave anymore, but you're of the family of God, and he wants you to know. He's not holding back. And so God wants to be known by us. And we see that he's desiring that intimate, that koinonia, we've been learning this in men's a little bit from the Holy Spirit, that, that communion, that fellowship with God. And so he desires intimacy. And so those are our, that, that's our review from last week. And so in this closing message now, I'm going to move into something that the Lord gave me personally and so this is uh, July 21st of this year. I was in my devotion time, and the Lord delivered something to me. And in the course of receiving this, um, I had to process it. So what I did in the last three meetings was get you to the point of understanding so you can now know and have a basis for what I'm about to say. That's where we're going. So people were talking about pillows, blankets, you know, taking beatings, religious, you know what I mean, some of these last things. But um, to get you to the place to be able to receive what the Lord had said to me. So I didn't realize that this was something for us. Um, I had it. I took it personally. Like I said, I received this on, well, July 21st. I received it for me. I, I wrote it all down. I put it into my notes. 
Um, I have things that I believe are for my business and for my family and stuff. And I, I took it and put it and applied it to that. And as I'm going through this, and then we had leadership given or, or vessels of honor handed. And, and I realized that in the course of praying some of these things out and starting to write this, I'm about two weeks into this. And the Lord said, I gave you a platform so that you can speak what you received. And I went, oh, okay. And so today I have to um, stop a little bit on the actual course of justice, joy, and jurisprudence. And we will deliver what the Lord gave for me that day. And so this, this, this is where we're going to go. We, um, we need to understand. We're, I'm going to go to Isaiah 37. But we need to understand there's two settings for this scripture that I'm going to use today. The settings that I wanted you to understand is, number one, look around you and understand where you are right now today. Understand the culture, understand the placement, understand our country, understand the church, and look around and realize who and what you are right now today. And the next thing that we need to look at is the understanding of where this, in Isaiah 37, takes place from in a biblical perspective. So where this is, this is King Hezekiah. And King of Assyria, Sennacherib, is coming to him. Now, the King of Assyria has wiped out anybody and everybody in front of him. He does not care. He actually makes boasts in here and he starts to name kings and kingdoms, kings and kingdoms, kings and kingdoms that he's wiped off. And he's like, they thought they could stand before me. 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 And as he walks down through all these kings and these kingdoms, then he names their gods. They, their God didn't deliver them. Their God didn't deliver them. Their God didn't deliver them. And now he set his eye on Judah and King Hezekiah. And so we'll pick this up in Isaiah 37, verse, uh, I'm going to, i got to make sure I'm going to do this right. Um, I'm going to start in verse 10. <coughs> Isaiah 37, verse 10. It says, <clears throat> So then you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Do not let your God... Okay, I've got to back this up for just a second. Am I, yeah, I'm in my spot. Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you. Okay? Saying, Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of Assyria. Look! You have heard what the king of Assyria has done to all lands by utterly destroying them. And shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered those whom my fathers have destroyed? Gozan and Haran and Rezeph and the people of Eden who were in Telassar. Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sepharzim, Hena and Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger. So he is being challenged right now. You also are being challenged right now. Remember, we're going to have to think in two levels this entire time today. you got to think of your level, your place, your culture, your church, 
and listen to this. There are people speaking right now. So in verse 21, we see that Hezekiah goes to the Lord for the answer. And it says, in verse 21, it says, Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. So in this time, in these trials, in these things, we turn to hear the voice of the Lord. We have to know the voice of the Lord. Now, we're going to slip down the scriptures here just a little bit because we don't need to know all of it at this point in time. I want to jump to verse 30. Yeah, 30. That is the one I want. 37 verse 30, and we'll pick this up. And this is where the Lord started me on that day. This verse. And this verse says, verse 37 verse 30, this shall be a sign. So they talked about what was coming from the Lord, but this shall be a sign. And the Lord wrote or started speaking to me that this was my sign. I started to see it for my business. I started to see it for the people around me. Then I found that I actually started proclaiming these things that we're going to go through to people around me, and I saw what it was doing. I saw what it did to other business owners and what it did to other people out there, and I realized that, that what's coming. But verse 30 says, this shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself, and the second year what springs from the same. Also, in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. That doesn't sound bad, right? Because if, if I look at that really quick, eat this year such as what grows of itself, how much work did you just do? Anybody? I mean, did you all, what grows of itself? This is good news for me, right? Good news for anybody else? Now, what is, and it says, in the second year, what springs from the same? Well, this is like a, a, a plant, this is coming back, so we're, we're in a great place. And then the third year, it says, and in the third year, sow and reap. Now, that showed my action word. The first two years, I settled. The third year, I created action, and it says sow and reap. But then, sowing and reaping is now added to a whole nother level. Our next, the next word here, it says plant vineyards. Herb, where are you at, right? I mean, didn't he just teach us about vineyards for like four weeks a little while ago? I mean, he dug down to bedrock. He ripped up roots. He made sure trees could grow. He, I mean, we were sitting in here, and he's talking about all the work, all the thought to create a vineyard. And did they get that harvest from that vineyard that day? No. Seven years for these trees to come to full. But this says that plant your vineyard and eat the fruit of them. Work. Now, I believe this is very prophetic to me, and I did not know this until just the other day. But if I run this all out and we go through a political spectrum, I just change the entire world as we know it. 
we're going to go through this. Glory to God. So, we see that the kingdom of Judah is about to be given in the hand of Babylon, which is to come. This is Sennacherib right here. Babylon is to come. Hezekiah makes a deal later in his life with God that he messed up, however you want to say it. And everything was going to fall, but not in his lifetime. He was given four generations after him, and then they were going to fall. He, he, his head laid down in peace, as they said, when he died. And, uh, and, but judgment, justice of God, the eternal justice of God is still going to be done. And I have to make some very strong clarifiers when I finish this message today so that people don't walk out of here in a confused state. And so, please, hold tight and stay open as we go. Um, so, King Hezekiah is looking for his current, he's got his current problem, he's got an answer, he's hearing this from the voice of the Lord, and now I'm going to look at verse 31 through 35. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah. What are we planning on being? Remnant. We had some good news here. Because we don't really have to work, but we do have to work. It's kind of like driving a combine for soul harvesting. Okay? There will be work, though, that will be coming. The remnant who have escaped the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God is expelling energy towards this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Syria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow here, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. Against it, By the way that he came, the same shall he return, and he shall not come into the city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city and save it for my own sake and my servant David's sake. This, I'm going to continue to be, this COVID stuff, choices are coming. Siege works look like they're coming. Testing of the Lord's people are coming. What are you going to do? To know, to be warned, is one thing. But does he warn us for our destruction or for our preparation? Preparation. The justice of the Lord will come about. And so, we see, not he shall not come into this city. This is how the Lord had this coming to me. Nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend the city and save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Justice will prevail, and God is in control. I'm going to jump over to Micah 7. I was going to mark this in my Bible because it's hard to find Micah. But uh, it's in here. I can get to it. 
Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. There we go. Micah 7, verse 7, says this. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the Lord of my salvation. My God will hear me. Now, this is all in one morning. I'm just doing my devotions. And he takes me, and he starts walking me through scriptures. And then it says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear... Now, And this is the, this is the scripture of it all for me. This is the one... This is my, my lynch... This, this, this is the one that is the linchpin for this. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my case and executes justice for me and he will bring me forth to the light and I will see his righteousness. And I realized the justice of God was much, much more. I realized that my my works that we try, you know, whether you're going, like Jeff Bardell, going to church for three years and not missing a single service. No, I can throw it all away. And I know, and every one of us can raise our hand, and we know that we've made sinful mistakes. We missed the mark. We didn't hold to the highest honor of God. But I can bear the indignation of God. Like David said, I want to cast myself when he, when he messed up with Bathsheba. I want, I'll ca- oh, no, counting the, uh, when he took the uh, whatever census. I'll give it to the Lord because the Lord, the Lord is the one that I want to lay my hands on. I don't want the hands of man against me. I will bear the indignation of God. I will take it because he's just. So I'll read verse 9 again. I'll bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him until he pleads my case and executes justice for me. He will bring me forth to the light. I will see his righteousness. Then she who is my enemy will see and shame will cover her who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her, but now she'll be trampled down like mud on the streets. I'm going to jump to verse, yeah, I want to go to verse 11 here. Now this is a, no, yes, 11. That is not matching up. I wrote the wrong note. I'm sorry about that. Unless it's in New American Standard, what's a what's a Micah seven eleven say in the New American Standard? Anybody have it? That's fine. I was going to see if it's changed in a. What was that? Yes, that's the end of the verse, right? That's the last half of the verse of Micah seven eleven. The day for extending your boundaries. The day for extending your boundaries. And the Lord, so in the course of this, I'm reading through, and the Lord's bringing me. And the, 
the day of extending your boundaries. Sow, reap, plant your vineyard, and eat. The day is coming to extend my boundaries. Here, here it says, in that day the decree will go far and wide. I have no idea how these two translations now come together. <laughs> Just <laughs> so always write your own or make sure that you're what version you're using of the word. <laughs> I study in New American Standard everything I do, but then my little preaching Bible is New, Amer or New King James. And so I got myself on that one. <clears throat> so then the Lord has brought me down through these things. I realize that I'm in a safe place. I'm with God. I will bear. I mean, that indignation, that, ver that verse 9 right there, where it says, I'll bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him, that one took me days, weeks to process. But I was so thankful for it because I understood his justice. And his righteousness. And I'm like, I can bear it. I can bear it. I've made mistakes, but I can bear this. And this is, like I said, this is a personal time with the Lord when I'm hearing these things. And then he brought me to Isaiah 23, verse 18. And in Isaiah 23, verse 18, it says this. It says, her gain, and this is about tear. And it says, her gain and her harlot's wages will be set apart to the Lord. It will not be stored up or hoarded, but her gain will become sufficient food and choice attire for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. Now, so you got to understand who Tyre is. This is Isaiah prophesying to some of the other countries around when Sennacherib was coming through and, and, and Nebuchadnezzar was going to come through and these guys are wiping these people out. And Tyre was a Phoenician city and it was the greatest city of the Phoenicians. It, 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 was, it was rich. It's, it was renowned and known for its trading and its merchandise. Its ships filled the oceans. I mean, this place is loaded. Loaded. It, it says uh, the people lived along the eastern shore of the Mediterranean. It built its wealth by developing and trading a purple dye obtained from a seashell called Murex. And purple became the color of royalty in the ancient world. Became? What color is it today? We still see purple as royalty. This is from Tyre. And here's the prophecy against Tyre. Her gain and her harlot's wages will be set apart to the Lord. It will not be stored up or hoarded, but her gain will become sufficient food. What kind of food? Sufficient food. All my sufficiency is found where? In the Lord. Do I have any lack in the Lord? No. Because all my sufficiency is there. Sufficient food. And choice attire? Of course. What? For those who dwell in the presence of the Lord? I, I just remember Jesus is sitting there talking to his disciples and to the people. And he's talking about Birds of the air, and, and he's talking about lilies of the field, and, and he goes, they don't worry about food, and nobody's clothed like these people, and now I have the word of the Lord saying that 
this. He's not a counterfeiter. He closes down nations. He shuts down the wicked of the world. See, the wealth of the world is stored up for the righteous or just. Who justified you? Who put you in a place of right standing? We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. I'll submit to the indignation of God. Put me in the test. I'll wait for it to come out. My provision is uttered not only in Old Testament, but in New Testament by Jesus. And so I sit here, and I'm hearing this, and so now I'm kind of getting excited. Right? Because I'm... I'm hearing some things from God that, wow, I mean, uh, I know where I was at. I mean, I'm listening to Jeremiah in the well, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with <coughs> Ezekiel laying on his side, and, and I'm, I'm looking at, you know, shaving your head and playing with bricks and Lincoln logs and toys and all these things, and I'm like, oh, man, God, where are we going You're going before the people. But the people always know the voice of the Father. The word of the Lord is always given so that people can be prepared for their place. And so, I know I'm righteous. Sufficient food and attire. This is wonderful. So now... The Lord leads me to another scripture. This is, just, this is just the wildest morning of my mornings. I mean, I'm telling you what, he just, that's a lot of Old Testament prophets, okay? If anybody else didn't know that this such was in the Bible back there, it's there. But uh, you need God to tell you. And then he takes me to Isaiah 26, 20. Isaiah 26, 20. And now is the time for me for direction. So, Because what have I heard at this point? I haven't necessarily heard direction. I've heard what is and where I'm at, and I'm I'm getting some sense of some stuff, and I got a future in front of me. But it's always good, you know, to have these. But what is my next step? Because my God orders my steps. See, he puts in place what I have before me. He wants a firm foundation. So he now gives me an ordered step. And this is what he tells me. He says, Isaiah 26, 20, he says, Come, my people, enter into your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until indignation runs its course. And I realized, and this is all sitting in me, and then it starts spilling out to people. And I'm talking with people, I'm like, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I know what MJ, we, we, I went to, we had a, a team leader meeting one of the Mondays after this. They don't know that I laid this out to them, but I laid this out to them. I told them, what we're doing in the face of COVID, that we're not going to tell them that they have to have a vaccine. That we can stand on the word of the Lord, you know, that, that, that they can still come to work. I won't judge them if they take it, but I'm telling them this is a safe place for them to come if they didn't. And, and, and we started laying these things out, and I said, what, what we're going to do, we're going to just go about our business and do our job. 
and we will eat of this year what grows of itself. And we will eat of next year what grows of itself. And in the third year, we will sow, we will reap, we will plant vineyards, and we will eat the fruit of it. And that is where I thought, I'm like, this is personal revelation, right? That's God talking to me for my company. Then, this platform and prayer, and it's for you. It's for you. You have to know how the word comes, but there's provision for you. There's, there is sufficient food for you. What does sufficient food look like? Is it a refrigerator full or a meal every time you need it? See, the Lord, I remember, this is where it goes back, and I talked about it. When the raven was on ready meant that, I mean, if I have to go to a creek bed and sit there, there's a bird that's going to feed me, but my sustenance is met. And so you can say like Paul, whether in nakedness or in famine or in peril, you know, I can be rested, right? I can be grounded. I can be secure in the Lord. I can have joy. Because my hope is on the Lord. And so, here's the disclaimer that I have to make sure to put into this whole thing. Because I know when you start talking Old Testament, I start talking prophecies, I start talking these type of things, everybody's like, oh, the world's going to burn. All <laughs> oh, things are going to fall apart. Because we're looking at it through the picture of the Old Testament. But I will say this right now. All wrath was satisfied on the cross. And we're in a new covenant. And you need to know that. With all the words that I just spoke, I did not tell you that when these things come, that, that the world is going to get wiped out. I'm not talking about like post-apocalyptic stuff and all these type of things. I'm saying pressures are coming. But I will say this, the law of seed time and harvest did not cease. And these people have sown things in their lives and they will reap the penalty of it. And so these things are coming to them. But what is coming across the nation is not the wrath of God. It's the harvest of their actions. And so what actions have you been putting into place? Are you walking in peace? Are our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Are we walking with our armor of the Holy Spirit about us? Is our breastplate of righteousness firmly in its place? Is our helmet of salvation upon our head? Are we the body of Jesus Christ ministering and manifesting the presence of God where we go? And so... As this comes across, you will see that a penalty, the, the harvest of these actions will fall all around you. And it will rain on the just and the unjust alike, but my sufficiency is in the Lord. And so as we walk, as we live, we rest. 
they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But Lord, Lord, teach me. Teach me, teach me, teach me to wait. And so, we see that he satisfied judgment of mankind on the cross. Understand that we live in the age of the church. This is a dispensation of grace. Unearned and undeserved favor. Jesus started this age on the cross. The final judgment of the earth is another subject for another time. This is about the justice of God. Accountability for actions done and words spoken. Will he be be denied before men? Because if he is, you'll be denied before the Father. And so Proverbs 2 9 in the Passion Translation, where we started this whole thing. Then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decision as you walk into your destiny. And so I'm going to run through this. This is in Nehemiah 8. I wanted to get to this part, and thank you guys for listening so well. Nehemiah 8. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, right? Anybody else doing the counts in their heads? I think it's right there. Oh, that's funny. I have a tab on it. And if I just would have put my thumb off of the tab, I could have saw it was right there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Glory to God. Ezra, or not Ezra, sorry. Scratch, Nehemiah 8. Nehemiah 8. Nehemiah 8 says this. So this is Ezra the priest. He's going to read the law. <coughs> this is reinstating Jerusalem and Judah. Ezra, not, not Ezra is the priest. I got to keep saying. Nehemiah 8 Verse, I'll just start with one, forget it. Now all the people gathered together as one man, that's unity, in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to read, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with my child... My child, seek understanding. Cling to it, clamor for it, look for it. We were reading in Proverbs chapter 2. When we started this, we had Proverbs 2, we had Psalms 119, and we had James 2. Those are my three big main texts. I read one at the beginning of each section. Open your heart for discernment that I might pour into it the words of understanding. All who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month, verse 3, then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. What? 
that's a long time to listen to somebody read. Morning until midday. And those who, uh, morning until midday, before the men and women, and those who could understand, that's twice. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood, which they had made for that purpose. Interesting stuff, huh? And beside him at his right hand stood uh, like seven or eight people, and on his other side was like seven or eight people. Um, the awesome thing is Hilkiah, Hilkiah up there after Uriah, Hilkiah is a pretty cool cat because he has, they have a, there's a prophecy about him on the other side that we did not quite touch. Um, you can look that name up. That's a pretty easy one to find in the Bible outside of like this one mention. <laughs> Verse 5, and Ezra opened the book in sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. When he opened it, all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, the great God, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And then here's the other list of the other people. And at the end of it, it says, help the people to understand the law. This whole, these people did what? They helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. Verse 8, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense. They made sense of it. This is jurisprudence. This is jurisprudence. To love the law, to understand the philosophy, to make sense of it. Why is there jurisprudence? Because if you don't, we got to proceed here. We'll continue just a little bit further. I'm almost finished. And, uh, make sense of it and help them to understand the reading. The Lord seeks to be understood. And then, so that, that tells us about. What's going on, verses 9 through 12, shows us the desired response. So, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. But it's a tough time, you know. We live in a hard place. This is a perfect verse for today, by the way, if, if you haven't. I mean, like, all the way down to today. This is, this is amazing. Okay. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to your Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's a great day to have a picnic. Great day to be in church for seven years. It's a great, it's a time, man. It's a time for rejoicing. It's not a time for weeping. It's a time for joy inexpressible and full of glory. It's a time for people to get saved. It's a time to see the kingdom of heaven advance upon the kingdom of darkness because it's not a contest. It's just light being shown around. And we're just going to take our lights. And now's the time. And it's a joyful time. Verse 11, so the Levites quieted all the people. Because they got more excited than we just did. 
you know, and, and, and saying, be still, for the day is holy, do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. We need to understand what the Lord has declared to us. We need to know who we are, where we are, why we are, and where we're going. And this is our time. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.